Welcome in. You are listening to the Blue Notes podcast. This is a presentation of Indianapolis Colts stories and notes. I am your sad, sad host, Benjamin Taylor. (laughs) Sunday afternoon with a chance to clinch a playoff spot, our beloved Colts squared off against the worst team in the league, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Although the Colts had not won in Jacksonville since 2014, they were still heavy favorites. The Colts were fresh off a flat performance in the home finale a week ago against the Raiders, so the notion that they would put up consecutive stinkers was unthinkable. But that's exactly what they did. A Floridian hurricane whipped through, and with a playoff berth to gain, the Colts blessed viewers with their worst performance of the year and effectively ended their season to our shock and dismay. It was a crushing loss, the worst I can remember ever watching. And so, I debated in my mind about how I should respond. Honestly, I didn't want to do another episode because I had nothing good to say about this team. What's more, I don't, I don't have any analysis that will explain what we saw Sunday. I don't have any answers because nothing could ever fully explain that loss. Such a cataclysmic failure by a team that seemed primed to make a playoff run just two weeks ago. But, here I am. This is what we do, right? We don't give up on this team. I'm not sure that I have any answers for you today or anything smart to say, but we're just here, trying to understand, trying our best to remain positive. I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Stay with me, Colts fans. Well, I said I didn't have any answers, and I really don't. But the only way that I could imagine organizing this episode is to focus on those questions. So, that's what we're going to do. We'll discuss some questions that were raised by that loss in Jacksonville, along with the Raiders' defeat, the two duds that coupled to equal the unfathomable failure that so abruptly ended the 2021 season for the Colts. The first question, which is inescapable, is this. How? How did this happen? Two weeks ago, after the Colts beat the Cardinals on Christmas Day, I asserted that those were two teams headed in two distinctly different directions. The cards were unraveling while the Colts were off to a blazing finish to the season. The Colts played that game with a patchwork roster, and I called it a coaching masterpiece. After the win, the Colts had about a 90% chance of making the playoffs. Conversely, this past Sunday morning, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a 10% chance of making the playoffs. Now, the Steelers are in and the Colts are out. How did we get here? I believe it was Kevin Bowen who said that the Colts entered the Jags game as a 15.5 point favorite, which was the largest road margin in franchise history. And they didn't just lose the game to the Jags. The Colts were embarrassed by a score of 26 to 11. It was their largest margin of defeat during the 2021 season and their fewest points scored in a game since week 9 of 2020. Nothing about this game made any sense. To be honest, I wasn't fully buying the 16-point favorite. I had seen this team struggle too often in Jacksonville, so I did expect a struggle. But I thought, by the end of that game, the Colts' desire, talent, and sheer will would win out. But I was dead wrong. How did this happen? I I still don't know. 
However, Coach Reich responded to a question similar to this one in his end-of-the-season presser that made some sense. He said that the slow start to the season eventually took its toll. After the 0-3 and start, the Colts were playing catch-up all season. Suddenly, everything became so emotional. Hard Knocks was airing, Jonathan Taylor vaulted into the stratosphere, and the playoffs for the Colts started sometime in November when every game had heightened attention and meaning. They had to win everything, and those big games ballooned and became Super Bowls. Tampa Bay, New England, Arizona, and Buffalo. I'm grasping for straws now. I'm not quoting Frank Reich, but I do think now, in hindsight, that maybe those games and that slow start had a greater effect than we imagined, or at least than I imagined. It's still not a good answer, and it isn't an excuse. There is no proper excuse for what happened in Jacksonville. The Colts are too talented, too well coached, at least I thought, and they had too high of a character to come up so desperately short to the Jags the way that they did. And whatever that game meant to Jacksonville, it should have meant far more to the Colts. Coach Reich's rickety response was tossed out with no layer of confidence on either side, and it was a shock to see from a man who normally speaks with such conviction and belief But it wasn't a shock to hear because no response aptly explains what went down in Jacksonville, Florida, Sunday afternoon. Although that question is no more or less answered than when I started, I'm moving on anyway. My next question is this. Were we wrong about the 2021 Colts? Was I wrong about them? I just don't know how to reconcile this in my brain. The same team that won convincingly at Buffalo and Arizona and at home against New England looked dismantled and broken against the league's absolute worst team. What's so difficult to wrap my head around is that the Colts had earned a reputation for being tough. They were called a team that no one wanted to play, yet the Jags seemed to enjoy it. By the end of four quarters, The Colts players were the ones tucking their tails between their legs, wilted and wounded. It was a strange sight. What was strange about this loss is that no excuse carried any weight. If you go back through the 2021 season, there were logical reasons for every loss. I'm not making excuses for them, I'm merely saying that I understood them. Against the Raiders, the Colts had the COVID issue. Against the Ravens, Everything had to go magically right for the Ravens and magically wrong for the Colts for them to lose and for the Ravens to win, and that's exactly what happened. Additionally, the Colts ended that game with a depleted secondary and an injured kicker. It's not an excuse, but I get it. It made sense to me that they fell short in that game. In the Rams game, Carson was injured. Jacob Eason came in (laughs) with two minutes left. Instead of leading a game-winning drive, he threw the ball right to the Rams cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. The following week, Carson hobbled around on two stiff ankles, and the Colts lost to the Titans. Every loss had some logical reason that I could wrap my head around, but not this one. So, was it an outlier? Was it an unforeseen blip? Or was this the true and disguised nature of the 2021 Indianapolis Colts? Last week's episode, after the Raiders' loss, I did communicate a concern I had noticed about the pendulum swinging too far 
and perhaps tilting this team out of balance. The run game had become so successful, it seemed like Indy's only way to win. So I understand why they abandoned the pass game. It made sense. Simultaneously, the run game was so successful and JT was so heroic that the beauty of it all masked the issues in the passing game. In fact, I think it was worse than that. I think the pass suffered from that abandonment. The operation that wasn't great to start with was left alone to wither like a houseplant with no sunlight. The leaves crunched up and became unbeautiful. And as I confessed last week, when the team desperately needed the pass, suddenly it was nowhere to be found. Maybe I was wrong about the Colts. Maybe. But I really don't think I was. I do think they were a really good football team for long stretches of the 2021 season. But I also think they became something unsustainable late in the season. And they were just exposed earlier than I imagined by the unlikeliest of opponents, the Jacksonville Jaguars. My next question is one that I really don't want to answer, but we have to discuss it. We have to talk about it. And the question is this, what should happen now? A few weeks ago, this team was humming. They were beating some of the league's best teams and were scoring 30 points in about every contest. Even the losses were close and somewhat excusable. I actually wrote and spoke and recorded the words coaching masterpiece when referring to a performance by Frank Reich and somehow, Sunday, we saw the worst loss in franchise history. I just cannot reconcile the two things. One time while discussing money with a good friend, he said to me, you can't squeeze blood from a turnip. It's a common analogy to mean that no matter how you squeeze it or cut it or squash it, no blood will come out of a turnip. There's none in there. Watching that game Sunday was like watching a turnip gush blood. Something came out of the Colts that I did not know was in them. If they had a hundred matchups scheduled, I never thought we'd see that result in 2021, and I just cannot wrap my head around it. My first response, honestly, is to just, for lack of better wording, run it back next year. I don't really mean that, but I am curious what Coach Wright could do with a somewhat normal offseason. In his four years as coach, he's never had the same quarterback start a season, I wonder what he could do with a returning quarterback and another year of growth for and with this team. But as the days pass, I'm starting to go the other way. And maybe I'm not calling for anyone to be fired or cut, but I certainly would understand if it were to happen. I keep thinking about this, the worst loss in franchise history. How do you recover from that? If you are a sales manager and you facilitated the lowest earning quarter in the company's history, you are not returning. You're done. Dan Orlovsky, who has been one of the biggest Colts supporters and sometimes the only Colts supporter in the national media, called this loss to the Jags one of the worst losses in NFL memory. It's that significant. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, has done a sweet job of making this team feel like a family. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And I don't know how you can bring back the same people who let this happen. Carson Wentz might be the first to blame. And that makes sense. Last week's episode, I admitted that I expected Carson's season to mimic a short story arc. I expected the rough start, but... 
by December and January, I thought good coaching would help him to blossom into the best version of himself, climaxing a story that would run through the playoffs. Instead, he fell on his face. The final two games with a playoff berth to win were two of his worst all season. He was inaccurate and absent when the team needed him to emerge and lead them through the harsh obstacles. Carson Wentz wasn't good enough. And if he is released tomorrow, I won't be surprised. The team would need to swallow a bit of cash and the move would come without a clear backup plan, but it would be warranted. The problem there is that Carson would only be a scapegoat. He wasn't the sole culprit for the bloody turnip. No one played well in the final two games. And as bad as Carson was, moving on from him would not only create another quarterback-sized hole on the roster, it wouldn't fix the problem. However, I'm not opposed to keeping Carson. I do think another year with the Colts will provide better results. I kind of think of him as a really expensive rookie anyway. After all that happened in Philadelphia, Carson needed a new start. He needed to start over. The continuity can't hurt but I think there are real questions about his decision-making and leadership that might never be answered. Admittedly, Carson wasn't my first pick, and Zach Kiefer said it right when he called Carson the best of bad options. I don't think the Colts could have done better than Carson, especially after Matt Stafford was dealt to the Rams, nor do I think there will be better options available this offseason. I could be convinced otherwise, but I think bringing back Carson for one more year is the more logical move. If not Carson, then maybe Matt Eberflus would be the one sent walking. We've talked about this over and over on this podcast. Fans aren't exactly fans of his scheme, and he's been under fire all year. I don't fully understand this one, though, and I definitely don't think firing Eberflus fixes anything. The Colts were pretty good defensively this year when you consider the entire season as a sample size. His scheme is focused on taking the ball away, and the Colts did that exceptionally well. In fact, the turnovers kept the Colts in games when they were outmatched. The Colts turned the ball over 33 times, which was second highest in the league behind the Cowboys. The pass rush, or lack of, has been an issue, but I think they made the right moves. Danico Autry, who signed with the Titans, had a good year for them, but do you really want Danico Autry on a big contract for two more years? The Colts got younger. They selected pass rushers with their first two picks in the draft, and I think both rookies, Quiddy Pei and Dio Adangbo, looked pretty good this year. They're young, so production was down, but I think it was the right move. Like Wentz, Eberflus could very well be the fall guy, but I still don't think that fixes anything. In fact, I saw more creativity, more adjustments with this scheme this year than ever before. I think the defense has evolved. Bringing in a new guy to overhaul the defensive roster to fit his new scheme kind of sounds like a move backward to me. As I said following Sunday's sad showing, my first thought was to not make any drastic moves and maybe just see what this team could do with another year together, but I just don't think that's realistic. To respond to that game and how that season ended with no major changes would be negligent. 
If Carson Wentz and Matt Eberflus aren't sent packing, well, that leaves Coach Reich. A season ago, I would never have imagined that we would be talking about Frank Reich not returning in 2022, but here we are. I love the guy. I still think he is an excellent play designer and a great leader of men. I do, and I want him to get another chance. If I'm completely honest, I also loved former Colts coach Chuck Pagano. I did, and I wanted him to have just one more year. Well, Jim Ursay gave him what I wanted, and it was a disaster. If Carson threw four interceptions in the final game, okay, cut Carson and move on. If the defense gave up 50 points to the Jags, fire Eberflus and regroup. The problem is that the Colts ended the season with two straight games of uninspired football. Games in which every phase of the team was flat and unprepared. A team that was feared and gaining momentum just collapsed inexplicably. Two weeks ago, the Colts had a 90% chance to make the playoffs, then crashed to a season-ending halt. And this points back to Coach Reich. I'm dumbfounded. I want to say that he showed enough throughout his four years to earn another season. There's no denying that he has created an exciting offense out of some cold corpse that was dead in the water four years ago. But Frank Reich coached this team in the worst loss in franchise history. And I don't know if he can come back from that. Well, Colts fans, 20 minutes later, and I don't think you are any wiser than when you first pushed play. I told you that I didn't have any answers, and I still don't. I don't know how that happened, and I really don't know where the Colts go from here. Thankfully, I'm not the one to make that decision. As for us, this is the final episode of Season 1. Thank you so much for listening. I started this thing on a whim. I was snowed in during an ice storm in Summersville, West Virginia. I started writing about the Colts. Now, 46 episodes later, and we made it through Season 1. I expected to have a couple more weeks of football, but it wasn't meant to be. So, this is where it ends. Seriously, thank you for listening. It means the world to me. As the Colts hit the offseason, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. Then, when free agency and the draft approaches, we'll return with maybe a couple episodes per month throughout the offseason. But I fully expect to be back with Season 2 of the podcast, and I hope you'll be with me. Take care, Colts fans. Colts forever. This was a presentation of the Blue Notes podcast. I'm Benjamin Taylor. Thank you for listening.